Hello and welcome to the podcast of Game Consultant. For the next 20 minutes, you can listen to a brand new episode. It's all about gaming. Let's begin. Here is your host, Reinhard. Good morning from Amsterdam and welcome to episode number four of Game Consultant. Today, we're going to talk about the growth of mobile gaming to 20 and beyond. Also, some feedback from several gaming people about fundraising and marketing. And I'm going to share with you some companies that I find interesting to keep an eye on. So let's start. And you know, if you have feedback, questions, scoops, and more, just mail me on reinoutebraken at gmail.com. And I wouldn't mind if you would share this gaming podcast with friends and colleagues. Before starting with the regular items, I wanted to address GDC 220. Monday to Friday, March 6th to the 20th, I reached out to Rafael and Brian of Informa with the following question. Is the coronavirus going to be an issue or not? Their answer was, GDC is planned to take place as scheduled in San Francisco. We're actively monitoring the novel coronavirus outbreak and are complying with the guidelines set by the local government, the Center for Disease Control and the World Health Organization. We encourage you to visit the local sites for additional information. Both of these sites I've put on my website. The safety of the attendees and sponsors is our priority and we will continue to provide updates as needed leading up to the event. You are listening to Game Consultant. Let's continue with the next topic. Swiftly moving on to the mobile revenues and its growth. Mobile gaming revenues are growing. According to Sensor Tower, worldwide consumer spending in games grew around 13% across all the stores. From 55 billion in 2018 to 62 billion in 2019. I needed to know more about this and I did ask Greg from Sensor Tower what to expect in 2020. Maybe he could share some highlights. Unfortunately, no answer, which is a shame. So I know that Newzoo is always to play ball when it comes to data. I reached out to Peter Warman of Newzoo. He told me, Jure, Jure would follow up. And guess what? Jure did. His comments. In the next one to two years, mobile gaming will be the fastest growing segment. We expect most growth in the mobile gaming market to come from emerging markets, primarily Southeast Asia, India, and the Middle East. The mobile gaming markets in East Asia, China, Japan, South Korea, and the US, and most of Europe, will grow, but not as quite as fast as it has during the last latter half of the past decade. Console gaming will pick back up when the next generation of consoles launch. Yeah, that's interesting. Maybe new topics on the new PlayStation and Xbox. Anyone's suggestions? But I'll take it. At least another year before people spend the majority of their budget on game software. Therefore, mobile is once again the market to watch in the coming two years. The following question was, do you have some advice for game developers out there? There's plenty of opportunity in unexplored genres of mobile, still. But creativity isn't limited to genre. Through art style. Game magnetics, play modes, and many other elements, a game can be unique and can be a hit. Wow. It's also important to realize that mobile gaming 
is not such a different thing from PC and console gaming, at least not as different as we used to say. We're seeing lots of mechanics that work in core and mid-core games translated into mobile experiences and those can be quite successful. What about the 2020 expectations, Jure? The rise and fall of misleading advertising in playable ads. I didn't see that one coming. One of the most surprising trends of 2019 was the playable ads for mobile games that marketed a game through a mechanic that was hardly or not at all used in the games being marketed. Even more surprisingly, it turned out that the marketing strategy worked. After installing the game and finding the core gameplay was completely different than the playable ad. A lot of players might quit, but a large one actually stuck. There are signs that this was a temporary trend and as players are becoming more aware of this tactic. You are listening to Game Consultant. Let's continue with the next topic. Moving on to our next topic, marketing. I did a quick mail-out with questions concerning marketing and the focus on 220. I got some responses. First one is Mike of Rock Games. The challenge for 220 in marketing. Getting a return on advertising spent and driving down the CPIs. I guess we all want to do that. After that, I got a very nice detailed response of Justin, co-founder of Phoenix Games. It is too much to share all of it, but something I noted. He said, when we first automated bit and budget management for Facebook and have since expanded our automation, based on our test, we've adapted our tool to Facebook's current requirements and continue to see significantly better profits than prior to applying automation. Another topic of particular interest to Phoenix Games is how they use the ad monetization performance data for UA targeting. They have to play catch-up in this area because historically the games have been super strong on the in-app purchase side of things and somewhat neglected ad monetization. But that has been changing now too. Thank you Justin for all the feedback you gave. I couldn't cover it all, but it was very interesting. Next one, Oliver Kern. His thoughts on marketing. Focus on creative and build highly automated systems that manage the bits and budgets and don't become a drug addict of user acquisition. Automated systems. Interesting. Heard that before. As for the challenges, he's seeing that hyper-casual is stealing the impressions and that Google and Facebook black boxes make it hard to optimize for the long-term value. His focus will be on new channels that own media like TikTok and more sustainable growth tactics. You are listening to Game Consultant. Let's continue with the next topic. We continue with the next topic, funding and acquisitions. The news broke this week that Colibri Games had sold a majority stake to Ubisoft. Daniel von Colibri gave me a quote that I can use. Here it goes. Daniel said in a private conversation that Ubisoft is the best partner they could have hoped for. May I, from this spot on, 
say, Daniel, team, big congrats and well-deserved. I asked some interesting people their feedback on funding, pitch decks and their focus for this year. And I got a few. A very interesting player in the field of M&A is Stillfront. I did ask Marina, head of M&A, some questions like, what is your focus? What are your investment criteria? I did receive some great feedback. The top priority is investing in evergreens, combined with building size and portfolio. A perfect example is their recent acquisition of Storm 8, a great strategic fit, as she described, adding directly, we have a healthy pipeline. Stillfront is looking for stable, well-managed, small and medium-sized gaming companies with LTM revenues of 5 to $10 million and a minimum EBIT of 20%. You said LTM revenues? Yes, last 12 months, so you know. Obviously, cultural fit, motivated teams and proven experience in developing successful games. Thank you, Marina, for sharing that with me. I also received 2020 funding trends according to Michael, partner of Drake Star Partners. More early stage funding for gaming and esports. New funds like Griven Gaming, Artist Capital, OneUp Ventures, Bitcraft, and more. Some funds had first close and are expecting second close soon. Keep us posted, Michael. More private equity company deals. Blackstone has been very active. Several other private equity firms want to do a gaming or esports deal this year. Further on, limited interest from China, besides the usual suspects, Tencent and NetEase. And also, new digital media funds from some strategics like Vivendi. You are listening to Game Consultant. Let's continue with the next topic. So let's move on to the last topic of today's episode, gaming companies on my watch list. These are not companies because of their high revenues or high profile. I watch these companies because they are doing something smart or interesting. So every week I will mention a few of them. The first one is Game Refinery. I did send Marcus an email. He's the CEO. I asked him some questions and he was very helpful. The mission is to be the leading mobile game market data provider with intelligence that explains the why and how games succeed. It's all about features. This way, you can understand the drivers behind the success of these games. This year, they will be expanding their data offering. The company was founded five years ago and has 25 people. It's headquartered in Helsinki, has people on the ground in London, Berlin and San Francisco. And soon, there will be an Asian office. The company is profitable, and 2020 is expected to be the biggest growth in their history. Further on, he mentioned that scaling is important without messing things up. Through having global presence, he also aims to be a global recognized must-have tool in the industry. I say keep an eye on Game Refinery. Let's move on to the second company, Lockwood Publishing. I did contact their CMO, Oliver Kern, and he did share some very interesting details. Lockwood Publishing is a developer and publisher of Avikin Life. Avikin Life is a 3D virtual world 
an ever-changing universe of new people, places, and experiences. You can create an avatar as unique as you are, and then chat with millions of people just like you who hang out there every day. The company exists now for almost eight years and initially created content for Sony's PlayStation Home. More than 130 employees with offices in Nottingham, Newcastle, Lisbon, and Vilnius. Some interesting investors though, two worthwhile mentioning. Hilmar, the CEO of CCCP and the founder of Unity, David. The ad revenues and the non-in-app purchase revenues are about 40% of the total revenues. App Any indicates that the in-app purchase should be between 2.5 and 3 million US dollars per month in gross revenues. Holy cow! Challenges he described as integrating the new hires and opportunities, too many he loved. <laughs> For example, further distribution in the MENA and APEC regions and further development on monetization and user-generated content. The third and last company for today, Good World Games. Founded by Gregory, located in Miami, an office in New York, employs seven people, and it's publishing their own platform, GameTruth, which is a hyper-casual platform, which includes hundreds of instant play HTML5 games for the traveling gamer. They launched a platform less than two years ago and have experienced rapid growth over the last 12 months, with revenues having tripled. They partner with bus, rail and airliners, as well as hospitality operators around the world that distribute their very own platform. GameTruth is a subscription service through carrier billing. A nice detail is that they are live with top travel operators such as Greyhound buses, Eurostar and Virgin Trains. How, you may ask? The operators embed GameTruth in their very own onboard infotainment systems for easy access by passengers on their own personal devices. Mobile operators like T-Mobile and Vodafone are also partner of GameTruth. The forecast of 220 is looking bright. Year-on-year -year significant revenue increase. As opportunities for 220, they include additional distribution partnerships, for example, in Africa and North America with major travel operators. Challenges for 2020 include accelerating the pace of deployment following a signed distribution deal. Way to go, guys. You are listening to Game Consultant. Let's continue with the next topic. This was all for today. I think we covered it all. I do hope it was useful. And I'd love to get your feedback on today's episode, but also input on topics that I should cover in the next following episodes. Until then, thank you for listening. Bye for now. That was all for today. Thank you for listening to a new episode of Game Consultant. See you next week.